0: Welcome to the Newberry Tart Podcast. Your hosts, Marcy and Jenny, are talking and drinking their way through Newberry Award winning books, past and present. Hi, and welcome back to the Newberry Tart Podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Jenny. And this is the next in our series of 2020 mini episodes. During this
1: time of social distancing, we realized that a lot of our favorite authors and artists would not be able to promote their new books. We've spoken with incredible creators of middle grade and YA and graphic novels and picture books, and we're really excited to share this with you. Please enjoy this slight deviation from our regular content, and remember to buy from your local independent bookstores.
0: We continue our series today with children's book author Sayantani Dasgupta. We are trying to help everybody promote really cool new books that not everybody would know about since you can't get to a bookstore right now for good recommendations and um, years are perfect for it. So thank you so much for coming to talk to us today.
2: Oh, no, it's a delight. Like the third book in the series just came out like right as everything was happening. It was like March 3rd, it came out. And so most of the publicity stuff for it got canceled, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, you know, for totally fair and understandable reasons, but- Um, it's definitely been a learning curve to figure out, well, how do you publicize a book in the middle of a pandemic? Like, how does that work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that it's part of a series so people will be at least partially familiar. But, um, but you're right. March 3rd is exactly the worst possible time for a new book to come out.
2: (laughs) Right. Or April 3rd or June 3rd, you know. Yeah. But, you know, all of that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um.
0: I was reading a little bit on your webpage about it, how it's loosely inspired by both String Theory and Bengali Folk Tales. It sounds phenomenal. So can you tell us a little bit about the series and then also the specific book that just came out?
2: Oh, sure. So, yes. So um, I'm Sai Antani. I'm the author of the Kiran Mala and the Kingdom Beyond series from Scholastic. Um, the first book, The Serpent's Secret, came out in 2018, Game of Stars in 2019, and the third book just came out, The Chaos Curse, um, March 3rd of 2020, and this series is about a 12-year-old immigrant daughter named Kieran Mulla, who's growing up in Parsippany, New Jersey, who thinks she's just the ordinary daughter of immigrants who tell her kind of outlandish stories. And, you know, she doesn't really take these stories seriously because she thinks her parents are strange, as, you know, all 12-year-olds think their parents are strange, I'm sure. Until it turns out that the outlandish stories that her parents have been telling her her whole life about her really being an intergalactic princess are real. And she finds this out on the morning of her 12th birthday when a demon, who also is kind of a portal crashes into her kitchen and gobbles up her parents and whisks them off to this alternate dimension where they are from, which is called the Kingdom Beyond Seven Oceans and Thirteen Rivers, and two princes on winged horses show up on her doorstep, and she has to fly off and solve riddles and battle monsters and really figure out her about her own identity and her own strengths. And save her family and save New Jersey and maybe save the multiverse. Um, And so the series, you know, is uh, as one does based on my grandmother's Bengali folktales that I heard as an immigrant daughter when I would go back to India on long summer vacations and also on string theory, because why not? you know, Bengali folktales and string theory, perfect together, as the former governor of New Jersey would say, perfect together. (laughs) Um, You know, string theory is this idea, right, that they're parallel universes, perhaps lined up right next to each other, like strings on a guitar. And maybe we on one string don't know about those on another string. And To me, and again, please, anyone listening, like go look up the actual definition of string theory. (laughs) From actual physicists, this is, I'm entirely, you know, an amateur, um, just a physics fan, not a real physicist uh, by any means. Um, But I like this idea of string theory because to me, it was a perfect metaphor, a perfect way to think about immigrant families and the immigrant experience. And this idea that, you know, immigrant families are kind of like galaxy hoppers. We're like space travelers. We might hop from one reality to another and, you know, be able to live in these parallel dimensions. And so that's why the series is based on Bengali folktales and string theory.
0: (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. And for people who are not familiar with Bengali folktales you actually put out a book of those as well correct
2: yeah so many years ago um i was so inspired by these stories that my grandma would tell me and a big reason was that you know i am an immigrant daughter i grew up in ohio and then in new jersey my parents are immigrants from india and when i was growing up in this country there really weren't any heroes who looked like me anywhere not in movies not on billboards not in tv and certainly not in the books that I was reading. And I was a big reader. I was a big um, reader of family books and adventure books and space books. And I loved all these stories. But again, I never got to see myself represented. And there became a kind of deep part of and painful part of me that became convinced like, oh, maybe if I can't see kids like me being protagonists, maybe someone like me can't be a hero even of their own story and that was a pretty painful feeling and it was overturned like it was uh, you know I saw the opposite of that when I would go on these long summer vacations to visit my grandmother in India and she would like gather all of us cousins under the mosquito net and the fan would be going because it was hot and the mosquito net would be you know swishing back and forth and it was kind of this magical space and she would tell me about you know, kids like me who were riding around on winged horses and saving the day and fighting evil serpent kings and solving riddles. And it became the first space that I really got to see brown kids, kids like me, Bengali kids starring in adventures and saving the world, being awesome, right? Fighting fighting evil and doing good. And that's a big reason why I went back to those stories. At first, I translated a book of them many years ago. And now, you know, when my own kids were becoming big adventure readers and big middle grade readers, I ended up starting this series mostly as a way to make sure that my kids, but also like anybody's kids, any kids out there, don't have that same experience that I did, which is not being able to see brown girls or immigrant girls starring in stories. And um, anytime I visit, like anytime anybody interviews me or I go um, to visit a school, I always say this quote from Toni Morrison, who said, if there's a book that you want to read and it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. So I wrote this book for 12 year old me and for, you know, all the other kids out there.
0: Wow. Well, I can definitely see how you ended up being a team member on We Need Diverse Books.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great organization. I really, I am so grateful to them for making so much space for different authors of marginalized backgrounds, but also just being such strong kind of cheerleaders for, but also kind of um, structural change makers who've made so much, I think, difference um, in Kidlet. And I'm, I'm really grateful to do the, you know, the work I do with them.
0: was looking again at your website and, uh, it's kind of amazing what you do for your quote unquote day job. Um, (laughs) I mean, between the links to Ted talks and the, and your sort of academic career, that's, it's pretty amazing. Um, will you explain to our listeners what narrative medicine is?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I'm a pediatrician by training. Um, I don't see patients anymore, but I do teach in, um, a program called Narrative Medicine at Columbia University. And I also teach in some undergraduate departments. I teach in the Center for Race and Ethnicity Studies and in Comparative Literature. And it seems like these are all like really different careers, like being a pediatrician and teaching this thing called narrative medicine and writing for kids and how does that all integrate. And to me, you know, all of my careers have always been about stories and they've always been about honoring stories, centering stories, recognizing that stories are healing practices. Like I'll often kind of say stories are good medicine and they really are. Um, Like as a pediatrician, I know that. I know that now in my academic work, you know, narrative medicine is really about It's a scholarly but also a clinical endeavor to honor the role of stories in um, both the individual, you know, healthcare worker, doctor-patient encounter, but also in the world, like the structural stories that we tell about people impact the way that those communities experience health or illness. So, you know, it's in my work, and of course, being a children's storyteller telling stories of joy and adventure and power and strength and family and love and friendship and understanding and all those good things, to me, that's also a different kind of an act of healing. So even though it seems like I have all these really disparate careers, and I mean, maybe I do, I try to make sense of it. I try to justify (laughs) it by saying like, hey, it's actually all about the stories.
0: No, it does seem like it's very integrated and it makes sense to me. <laughs> and I, I wish that more people had that concept of your story impacting, you know, all the different disparate parts of your own life, right? You know, whether it's your individual like health issues come together to, to form one cohesive thing that is better for your doctor to to know about and to better treat you to your, you know, the culture around you like has the same, like there's no, there's no one puzzle piece. Like there's always a puzzle.
2: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And like, there are, you know, we're all a multitude of stories, community stories, personal stories, professional stories, right? All of that historical stories. Um. So yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So and even like, you know, your private life being a parent to me is not that different. You know, it also comes from the same space. It also comes from, oh, I was reading online in light of, you know, everything going on right now. I was reading a beautiful quote by Dr. Cornell West. Mm-hmm. Justice is what love looks like in public, um, which is, mm-hmm. I just think, such a beautiful quote. And I think it relates to what you were just talking about and what I was just talking about. It's that, you know, in your personal life, it may be kind of the love of, you know, those young ones you're getting to bring up. And in public, it may be, you know, trying to tell stories for me, you know, trying to tell stories of brown kids or immigrant kids um, who are kind of living their best lives and aren't constructed as problems and who are being awesome and being superheroes. And on the one hand, that's an act of justice, but it's also an act of love, right? And so I love that idea that, you know, whether it's writing stories or being on the street, you know, supporting people who are, you know, fighting for justice. Um, I, lo- I love the idea that it's connected, right? That justice is what love looks like in public.
1: So going back just a little bit, I'm curious about the your uh, exposure to Bengali folk tales. Um, what is one that your grandmother told you that you specifically took and put in one of these books?
2: Yeah, so, you know, Bengali folk tales, like any folk traditions, are oral traditions. Um, You know, so we're talking about—we're not talking mythology. Like, when somebody says mythology, to me, that's more of a religious or spiritual nature story, right, about gods and goddesses and Zeus or, you know, Isis and whatever. Um, These are, you know, our regions— The region of Bengal, which I'll, you know, clarify in a second what that means, our regions Goldilocks or Jack and the Beanstalk, right? These are that level of folk story. And uh, the region that they come from, it's interesting, is now two different countries. So it's both the state of West Bengal, which is in India, which is where my immediately where, you know, two generations of my family is from. But it's also the country, the now independent since 1972 country of Bangladesh, which used to be all one big region. And so my family, my family originally, you know, multiple generations back is actually from what is now Bangladesh. But, you know, after kind of the British left South Asia, South Asia got partitioned, you know, into Pakistan and India. Then later Bangladesh got freedom and became its own, you know, became their own country. You know, it's a tangled history, but to me, it's really important to name that history because Bengali folktales are folk tales, but they're also shared by people of, you know, they're, so they're non-religious tales, but they're also shared by people of multiple countries now and multiple religions. So they're shared by Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists and Christians and whoever speaks Bengali, you know, knows some of these stories. And um, one of my favorites is the story of Kiran Mala, which is, you know, the story I base my main character Kiran Mala on. Kiranmala's story in the original folktales, at least the versions that I heard, um, is a story about a young girl with two older brothers, Orun and Borun. And Orun Borun Kiranmala is a pretty famous Bengali folktale. And uh, you know, long story short, to me the folktale is about this underestimated younger sister. Because the two older brothers, Orun and Borun, go off and have adventures and leave her at home, kind of sneeringly, like, they're kind of like, eh, you're the youngest, you're the girl, like, what good are you going to be on an adventure? You stay home. And, of course, when the two older brothers go off and get in a heap of trouble, who has to come save them? Kieran Mala, of course. <laughs> um, naturally. Naturally. Um, so I kind of loved that story about this underestimated heroine, and because I kind of felt underestimated, you know, growing up as an immigrant daughter in this country. And so I took her, I took away her siblings, you know, she's an only child in this book, as I am. I put her in combat boots and a kurta, you know, my daughter's favorite purple combat boots in the first story, (laughs) (laughs) and jeans and a kurta. and I put her in Persevering, New Jersey. Uh, So I changed her around, but I kept that adventurous heart, and I kept that Um, also that like nature of her being a little underestimated, maybe even underestimating herself. So that's the parts that I kept, but I did take her and make her my own. You know, at its heart, it's really a family story. It's a story about finding out where your strengths lie and the fact that your strengths and your superpowers lie in kind of discovering and owning and honoring all the parts of yourself. Um, and knowing your background, and maybe deciding there are parts of you know your background you don't like, and there are parts you do like, but you know really still looking at everything in the face, and you know owning it, honoring it, and recognizing that um, that's how we become superheroes, right? Um, by really knowing who we are.
0: We've been asking most of the authors that we interview what their favorite Newbery books are but having read through your your website a little bit I suspect I might know the answer and it is related to that attitude of of knowing who you are and becoming a superhero in that way is it A Wrinkle in Time? Yes. <laughs> How did
2: you know? I don't talk about Madeleine L'Engle at all. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> Right, exactly. Note to reader, I talk about Madeline L'Engle all the time. <laughs> yeah, I loved, um, I love, continue to love Madeline Langle. I love the Wrinkle in Time series. I really love, see, this is a test if you're really a Langle fan. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Austin Family series? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? So a many. Ring of Endless Light is like the best book ever. Oh, so um, good ever uh just the, her ability to tell you know tell the story about a girl who talks to dolphins like who doesn't want to talk to dolphins mm-hmm. um but also to be able to infuse such kind of you know deep broad reaching messages about being yourself, finding yourself, power, the universe, spirituality, combining all of that in a really beautiful, accessible, fun family story. Yeah. I've always been such a fan. And I think, you know what, as a, as a scientist or, you know, a physician who loves stories, I think you know, a lot of us are taught, a lot of us are taught from a very young age that somehow science and story are two different things and you can either be good at one of them or the other and or enjoy one of them or the other. And I think Madeline Lingo was the first person who taught me that, you know, you you can't, in fact, science and story are so intertwined, you can't disentangle them. Like science is about stories that all the same questions of science who are we in the universe? You know, why does the, the, why do the planets exist? Like, what are, you know, those are the same questions. So same stories, you know, that we've been asking ourselves as cultures throughout the ages, right? Those are the same questions that folk stories ask. Um, And I think that somebody like Madeline Langle is so important, not just because of the stories she wrote, but the space that she created in our imaginations to see that, you know, to be a scientist, you have to be able to tell stories, to be a storyteller, you know, that is also a kind of science and that, that might impact, you know, your work and that those two fields, there are no two fields that are, that we can separate, you know, out in the world that, that, you know, subjects, ideas, people, like we all need each other. And I think that that, I don't know. That has informed my entire life, Um, not to put too fine a point on it. Like, I'm like, I'm really not even exaggerating to say that like that, that idea that science and story coexist, like that's really at the heart of my entire life.
0: No, I I completely agree. And while I am not in any way a scientist, I, I think I have had similar. I think a lot of people actually. It's funny how many people you talk to who have a similar passionate response to Madeline L'Engle, even though they come at it from different directions and different disciplines. Like you're right that no, no two areas are mutually exclusive. And by creating those relationships in so many different ways in all of her different books, like she really did create a common space for people to come together over that feeling, even if their disciplines are completely different.
2: Yeah, exactly. And she reminded us that all of our disciplines are really about wonder, right, and about Um, asking questions and keeping asking questions. And I love that.
0: Yeah. So good. So good. So good.
2: (laughs) So good. There was a beautiful Madeline Langle conference last year in New York. I Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, I was so lucky to attend. There was so, I mean, it was absolutely chilling and wonderful.
0: We are so very grateful that you were able to cut out some time to talk to us today.
2: Oh, I'm so grateful to have been here. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a delight.
1: Thank you for listening to our interview with Sayantani Antoni Dasgupta, author and doctor. You can check out the rest of our mini episodes
0: on our website. Thanks for listening. Bye. Production assistance for Newberry Tart is provided by Raphael Siebenman and Liam Grove. Graphic design by Liz Meitinger. Intro and outro by Ariana Hargrave. Theme music for this podcast is provided by the laid-back and local Throckmorton Ukulele Band. You can hear more of their music on Facebook. Find more Newberry Tart episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our website is NewberryTart, That's NewberryTart.com.